Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. Welcome to the Stairway to Heaven. We're coming to you bringing insights into the ever-changing high-frequency currents now bathing the planet and their effect on us all. The source of vital information for the evolving human being. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Channeling. What is it really? We've all heard people speak of channeled works. Having been around since biblical times, they're nothing new. Many believe the Book of Revelations to be a channeled prophetic text. One definition of spiritual channeling is the practice of entering into a meditative or trance-like state in order to convey messages from a spiritual guide. This brings up some interesting questions. Can the average person learn to channel? Do people do it professionally? What training is required before hanging out one shingle? When seeking a professional channel, how can we tell whose services we can rely on? How does one enter this meditative or trance-like state? Is the information received through channeling literal or metaphorical? How can we accurately interpret the information from channeled sources? Where do these messages really come from? What is a spiritual guide? Can all guides in spirit form be trusted? How can we tell we're really speaking with a spirit guide? In light of all these valid questions, channeling clearly requires more than a cursory glance before we hang our hats and possibly our futures on it. Unfortunately, there are those who claim their personal works from channel sources in order to lend them credence. Others truly believe they're channeling when, instead, they're coming from ego and damage and belief systems. Some are so invested in being a channel that they indiscriminately pull dubious information from goodness knows where and tout it as fact. There are some who really do channel but grossly misinterpret the information received, and so on. It's enough to make a person totally invalidate the practice altogether and steer well clear of it. Yet, many of the world's most profound works are indeed channeled. Edgar Cayce and Albert Einstein are prime examples of powerful, accurate channels. Channeling is much more common than we may think. You probably do it yourself from time to time. So what is channeling? Channeling can be described as getting into the zone, tapping into a larger body of knowledge such as the Akashic Records, or contacting a disembodied guide. Many experience it as an epiphany or a major shifting of viewpoint and understanding. 
Others wake from a dream with new information and insight into something that was on their mind when going to bed. Scientifically speaking, it requires changing our brainwave patterns from the everyday functioning of beta to the more dreamlike state of alpha and even theta. This removes us from linear, monodimensional thinking to a receptive state where we can access a stream of consciousness much greater than our own. The unified field, if you will. To better understand the nature and demands of channeling, let's address these questions one by one. Can the average person learn to channel? Absolutely. With proper training and enough dedication to the discipline, anyone can learn to channel. But remember, while I might be able to learn to play basketball, as a short arthritic grandmother, my skill level will never measure up to that of Michael Jordan. Even when I was younger, my aptitude for basketball was extremely limited. Just so, some people will naturally be more inclined to being good at channeling, while others will have to work very hard with questionable results. What training is required before hanging out one shingle? Absolutely none. So, buyer, beware. How can we tell whose services we can rely on? In ancient times, before certification and governing bodies were in place to regulate various modalities, people relied on the practitioner's reputation to recommend them. The same can be used today with practices that are not yet regulated. Though not regulated, there's still good training available for channeling. Ask where the practitioner studied. If they are just what one might call a natural talent with no formal training, ask yourself, how would I feel about a natural talent with no formal training as a brain surgeon? Fortunately, when seeking out a channel, you're not necessarily risking your brain, but in the absence of training, I would take what they have to offer with a grain of salt. Shaman and shamanic practitioners are trained to be channels. Should you seek one, be sure to find out where they trained and for how long. Did they take a weekend course, if even that, before hanging out their shingle? Or are they well versed in the form? Another way of vetting channeled information is through the use of a standard issue provision, our intuition. Ask yourself, does it feel true or more like somebody's latest greatest idea? But don't stop there. Ask, does it feel off because it is? Or because I have personal issues and denials around the information? It's a full-time job discerning truth from triggered damage. It's also the key to leaving the repetitive rut of our own avoidance and becoming co-creators of the future we desire. How does one enter this meditative or trance-like state? There are many disciplines that help the practitioner alter their brainwaves from the daily functioning of beta to the dream, daydream, or imagination state of alpha required for accurate channeling. Our dreams, daydreams, and imagination are the palettes upon which channeled information is painted. The shamanic journey, meditation, and hypnosis can all accomplish this, as can ceremony, dance, rhythm, and song. Learning to manage your dream state can also enable you to access channeled information not available in the day-to-day -day waking state. Is the information received through channeling literal or metaphorical? Both. This is probably one of the most challenging aspects of interpreting channeled information. 
Too often we take literally that which is metaphorical or misinterpret the metaphors. Thus, the heated debates among biblical scholars and varying branches of the church. How can we accurately interpret information from channel sources? Now there is the question. Not only do we have to concern ourselves with whether the information is literal or metaphorical, but what is it in reference to? Consider for a moment the very vastness of information available at the unified field. One might enter into an altered state of consciousness and receive detailed images, but if they did not know how to clarify their intent, bottom line, and question before seeking and accessing the answer, those images could mean anything. Hence the pitfall of taking biblical phrases out of context and using it to validate a personal viewpoint, an unfortunately common practice. I can't emphasize enough the importance of mastering the formation of clear intent and bottom line, as it not only directs the bandwidth of information we attune to when channeling, but every other aspect of our lives. For more information on interaction, um, intention, and bottom line, reference the Stairway to Heaven, Episode 30, The Hidden Power That Drives Our Lives, Intention, and Bottom Line. For complimentary access to this and all past episodes, visit our archives at www.stairwaytoheavenmedia.com. Channel information is timeless and may allude to different truths at different times. Just like music and composition changes, those more keys are added to a keyboard, what is true at one bandwidth of ambient frequency becomes only part of the truth at a more expansive one. A good rule of thumb is to not settle on an interpretation as total truth, but rather to recognize it as an evolving truth. Be willing to revisit and reevaluate frequency during your evolutionary process. What we glean from channeled material is limited by our level of processing and may unfold over time as our receptivity and level of understanding expands. Where do these messages really come from? Information is a frequency code. The unified field contains all frequencies. Each of us is a small divination of the frequencies represented in the unified field, as is every aspect of life. Everything that ever has been or will be is held in frequency code in the unified field. The unified field is all around us, constantly interacting with all that is. We're part of it. Again, the key is accessing and accurately interpreting the frequency information to be found there. It's also important to consider that everyone around us carries a frequency signature comprised of their beliefs, damage, triggers, and agendas. When gathered into a group, the common denominator frequency bandwidths will tend to dominate, limiting our access to more expansive field. This can be seen in cultural influences, dogmatic belief systems, cults, and mob mentality. So be mindful of who and what you're around when trying to access channeled information. You may just be channeling the limitations of the group you're in and interpreting accordingly. Traditionally, the best environment when attempting to channel is to be alone in nature. This is found in indigenous practices of vision and quest, fasting on the hill, or in Jesus' 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. Nature renews itself, 
thus remaining in tune with the ever-shifting ambient frequencies as our solar system encounters different bad winds on its trek through the galaxy. Where we are in space determines the frequencies available to us. There are many ancient practices such as ceremonially aligning with the equinox and solstices which enables humans to realign with nature and through that alignment with the unified field. What is a spiritual guide? In the strictest sense, a spirit guide is a metaphorical representation of a personal access point to information frequency codes. Clear as mud, right? To clarify, let's look at our receptivity to an interpretation of light. Light is a bandwidth of frequencies picked up by the rods and cones of our eyes and translated by the brain. This translation is in the form of perceived vision. But vision is actually a hologram produced by the brain to represent the frequencies accessed by the eyes. A spirit guide is like vision, a hologram to represent frequencies in a form we can perceive. This is not to say spirit guides are not real. Bear in mind our entire reality is a holographic interpretation of frequency. Can all guides in spirit form be trusted? If we recognize spirit guides as a hologram to represent frequency in a form we can perceive, what really needs to be honed to a point of accuracy is our ability to decode the hologram. The allegory is only as reliable as our ability to decipher it. For instance, the form of spirit guide may be take as an angel, gods, goddesses, fairies, animals, or ancestor. They all carry allegorical meaning. If my grandmother shows up in my dream or in my imagination, I ask myself, what did my grandmother stand for and how does it apply to the information I seek? How can we tell if we're speaking with a spirit guide? Training, practice, and dedication. Channeling is a true art form, requiring discipline and experience. We tend to be unaware of our state of consciousness, drifting from one brainwave pattern to the next without really noticing. When we're in alpha, a more dreamlike state, we can access the unified field. When in the day-to-day -day functioning of beta, we're in direct contact with our ego, belief systems, and subject to our damage and resulting patterns. As we drift from one to the other, we end up with a mixed bag of reliable and unreliable sourcing. Many of us have experienced the disappointment of reading a person's channeled work, finding it profound and extremely enlightening, only to acquire their next book and find it full of judgment and personal agenda. This is a prime example of how the fame and success of a prior work can pollute a channel. Identifying with the channel material combined with pressure to produce more drops a person out of their connection with source, information, and into ego. Personal ego and judgment is a very narrow bandwidth of frequency, effectively filtering out much of the truth and distorting that which remains. The key to accurate, reliable channeling is a combination of training, technique, and processing. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. We are that window. To the degree we're damaged and unprocessed, we're clouded by triggers, judgments, and patterns. This distorts any channel material we may access. To attach ourselves to and identify with the channeled material effectively stops the flow of frequency and pollutes that which does get through.
On the other hand, we all have our baggage. To wait to totally heal and process all our damage before we channel? Well, we'll be waiting a long time. This is where training and technique comes in. There are practices one can learn that can effectively field our damage and take our patterns out of the way in order to access and decode channel information. When mastered and faithfully applied, these forms can help us access the information we so desperately need during these unprecedented, rapidly changing times. Thank you for joining me, Gwilda Wiecka, on the Stairway to Heaven, where we provide the updates on energetic currents facilitating our evolution into conscious, powerful co-creators. As I'm sure you've noticed, not only do the Stairway to Heaven episodes stand alone, but they weave together to form a map into evolution and personal empowerment as we enter the new era. To revisit this or any of our past episodes, visit our archives at www.stairwaytoheavenmedia.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, my school, and the evolutionary tools we offer, visit www.findyourpathhome.com. Until next time, may you be blessed on your sacred path to wholeness. We are here. The time is now.